We, we talk, talk about it. We talk about it. September 11, 2001, 19 men armed with box cutters directed by a man on dialysis in a cave fortress halfway around the world using a satellite phone and a laptop directed the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world. Overpowering the passengers and the military combat trained pilots on four commercial aircraft before flying those planes wildly off course for over an hour without being molested by a single fighter interceptor. These 19 hijackers, devout religious fundamentalists who like to drink alcohol, snort cocaine, and live with pink-haired strippers, managed to knock down three buildings with two planes in New York. While in Washington, a pilot who couldn't handle a single-engine Cessna was able to fly a 757 in an 8,000-foot descending 270-degree corkscrew turn to come exactly level with the ground. 
hitting the Pentagon in the budget analyst office where DOD staffers were working on the mystery of the $2.3 trillion that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had announced missing from the Pentagon's coffers in a press conference the day before, on September 10th, 2001. Luckily, the news anchors knew who did it within minutes. Osama bin Laden. The pundits knew within hours. Osama bin Laden. The administration knew within the day. Terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbor them. And the evidence literally fell into the FBI's lap. That a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. But for some reason, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists demanded an investigation into the greatest attack on American soil in history. That investigation was delayed, underfunded, set up to fail, a conflict of interest, and a cover-up from start to finish. It was based on testimony extracted through torture, the records of which were destroyed. It failed to mention the existence of WTC-7, Able Danger, P-TECH, Sibel Edmonds, OBL and the CIA, and the drills of hijacked aircraft being flown into buildings that were being simulated at the precise same time that those events were actually happening. It was lied to by the Pentagon, the CIA, the Bush administration, and as for Bush and Cheney, well, no one knows what they told it because they testified in secret, off the record, not under oath, and behind closed doors. It didn't bother to look at who funded the attacks because that question is ultimately of little practical significance. Still, the 9-11 Commission did brilliantly answering all of the questions the public had, except most of the victim's family members' questions, and pinned blame on all the people responsible, although no one so much as lost their job, determining the attacks were failure of imagination because nobody in our government at least, and I don't think the prior government could envision flying airplanes in the buildings. Except the Pentagon, FEMA, NORAD, and the NRO. The DIA destroyed 2.5 terabytes of data on Able Danger, but that's okay because it probably wasn't important. The SEC destroyed their records on the investigation into the insider trading before the attacks, but that's okay because destroying the records of the largest investigation in SEC history is just part of routine record keeping. NIST has classified the data that they used for their model of WTC-7's collapse, but that's okay because knowing how they made their model of the collapse would jeopardize public safety. The FBI has argued that all material related to their investigation of 9-11 should be kept secret from the public, but that's okay because the FBI probably has nothing to hide. This man never existed, nor is anything he had to say worthy of your attention, and if you say otherwise, you are a paranoid conspiracy theorist and deserve to be shunned by all of humanity. Likewise him, 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 and her, and her, and her, and him. Osama bin Laden lived in a cave fortress in the hills of Afghanistan, but somehow got away. Then he was hiding out in Tora Bora, but somehow got away. Then he lived in Abbottabad for years, taunting the most comprehensive intelligence dragnet employing the most sophisticated technology in the history of the world for a decade, releasing video after video with complete impunity and getting younger and younger as he did so, before finally being found in a daring SEAL team raid which wasn't recorded on video, in which he didn't resist or use his wife as a human shield, and in which these crack special forces operatives panicked and killed this unarmed man, supposedly the best source of intelligence about those dastardly terrorists on the entire planet. Then they dumped his body in the ocean before telling anyone about it. Then a couple dozen of that team's members died in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. This is the story of 9-11, brought to you by the media which told you the hard truths about His head could be seen to move violently forward. And They took the babies out of incubators. And Mobile production facilities. And The rescue of Jessica Lynch. If you have any questions about this story, you are a batshit, paranoid, tinfoil, dog-abusing baby hater, and will be reviled by everyone. If you love your country and or freedom, happiness, rainbows, rock and roll, puppy dogs, apple pie, and your grandma, you will never ever express doubts about any part of this story to anyone. Ever. This has been a public service announcement by the friends of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DIA, SEC, MSM, White House, NIST, and the 9-11 Commission. Because ignorance is strength. 
This is Lexi Raz. You're listening to RazRadioLive.com, where I am the bitch in charge. Listen up. And uh, what's the phone number? The number is 941-421-0401. And what's your Twitter handle? At Lexi Raz. And what's my Twitter handle? R-A-M. Your Twitter is go fuck yourself. <laughs> That's fucked up. See all this great shit that I'm doing for you and, and trying to help everybody, and, and then you tell me to go fuck myself? You're, you're a cool... At Shifty SBS. Thank you. Listen up. Thank you. Thank you.
Thursday nights at 8 p.m. on RazRadioLive.com. Follow one man's journey down the never-ending rabbit hole to find out what the truth is. All I'm offering is the truth. Scott Ledger is your distinguished host for Dangerous Conversation. Give Scott a call at 941-421-0401. No matter what side of the fence you are on, he'll talk to you. Everyone from Tucker Carlson. Take some mushrooms and squeegee your third fucking eye. To Waterhead from the LRWS. Sometimes the weak ones need to do drugs and they need to die out. Thomas, what drugs have you done? Give me a list. You have an opinion about drugs, but you've never done any. Dangerous Conversation. Every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. on RazRadioLive.com. The simple power of truth. We all live in different realities. There's no doubt about that. They're trying to form a one unified reality, but as we start to look towards what we're trying to actually get to, and that is liberty, freedom, justice for all, um, which is a global cry, we are now knowing it within from all the internet realms that this is a global cry. It doesn't matter if you're in the Netherlands, in Africa, in uh, Peru, or wherever. We're all saying the same thing all over the globe. All over the globe. And so you can't reject anything that comes your way. The universe is trying to speak to you and give you what you need, but you're rejecting it because you think you know what you deserve and what you need which has all been conditioned and programmed by our culture creators, such as Walt Disney, Monsanto, and everyone else. So the answer to our problem is actually invisible, and it is called synchronicity, but it's an answer that no one can show you. No one can show you. And so now we're asking humanity to have faith in humanity when the Dark Brotherhood is making it so impossible to do so. Because we think all of this is our fault. Because we think all of this is our fault. Because we think all of this is our fault. So we need to find that faith in humanity. Because listen to all these people that have come out here. Every single one of them. A loving, caring, nurturing being that just wants to uplift humanity. Well, that's the majority. Well, that's the majority. Well, that's the majority. The television is telling you the total opposite. Fear those people in a van. Fear, don't go outside. You know, you don't want to be meeting around with people. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And the synchronicities will start to unfold, and then you'll actually believe in miracles. Anything that comes your way, go with it, and, and do it to your fullest. You know, that's my message to the world, because it'll guide you to your soul's purpose. And if you let your light shine, you know, to your fullest, when something comes your way, then it'll magnify and become even more than you ever anticipated. And the best thing is, is that everything's better than you could have ever dreamed it. Everything's better than you could have ever dreamed it. Everything's better than you could have ever dreamed it. And I know that's a, a hard message to sell when the BP oil spill, with the uh, volcanoes, with the corruption, with everything that's going down, the police state, you know, all of it. It's hard to tell people to regain their faith in humanity, to forgive the anger that you have for these people that have, have trespassed on you and to just start seeking the new existence. But we have to. 
That's what we have to do. We're the voice now. We're the voice now. We're the voice now. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. offering is the truth, nothing more.
Well, away we go. It's the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, and Radio Chaos. It's Tuesday, March 30, or March 1st, or 31st. I'm trying to rush it along here. Super Tuesday. Does anybody really give a shit that it's Super Tuesday? I know I don't really care. But we will discuss that later on today. In the second hour, we got James Wood joining us. Uh, you guys may remember the, the flood side, may remember James Wood. He's been on with Jack before. Uh, Raz Radio, it's been a while that James has been on with me. And we'll have some good election conversation. How's that sound for an evening of fun and enjoyment? <laughs> uh, the first hour, though, I will t- cover, you know, the basic topics that have touched my mind. I got a bunch of uh, audio to play. I'm looking forward to playing some of this and, and hearing it myself because, as you guys know, a lot of times I don't really listen to it until I listen to it with you. Of course, I, I believe at 8 o'clock tonight you'll have a dangerous conversation following me. I hope. We will find out, though, won't we? <laughs> I hope everybody had a good week, you know. Last week I started the show talking about dealing with an apartment fire. It's been a really weird week here at, at, at my job. Friday I ended my day uh, finding a, a, a resident. Not really in a good in good shape. Spent some time with her until the ambulance got there. Uh, and found out she passed away uh, late Sunday, early Monday. It's a weird world, man. I did EMS for so long, and, and when you walk into something like that, and you're not prepared for it, you don't have any supplies. It's been a long time since I've been out of EMS. It kind of freaked me out a little. It, it caught me off guard, I'll be honest. I wish her well. Wherever she moves to, wherever her travels go, I wish her well. That's just the way the week go, you know, the way life goes. We all know that. It happens. You know, death is just part of living, or part of dying. One of the two. <laughs> Again, though, I hope everybody had a great week. Uh, you know, it, it's been a weird news cycle uh, since I spoke with you guys last. It, it really just hasn't made much sense, although it really never does make much sense. Let's be honest about it. Where did I want to start tonight? Hmm. There's so many different things. You know, Colorado... Colorado is one of those states where there's so many good things and then there's so many bad things. You know what I mean? Uh, there was a story came out on February 23rd. Colorado to find cops $15,000 every time they try to stop you from recording. That's a great thing. That's good to hear. You know, they should do that. If, if they violate your, your, your First Amendment right, you know, that, that's part of your First Amendment right is to be able to record them. So if they violate that, then they should be fined for something like that. So Colorado's doing great there. But then, you know, there's other news from Colorado that just isn't as positive. The controversy over vaccinations heating up again, this time over a bill that would require schools to inform the state which children have opted out of the vaccines. Our Rick Salinger has been following. I love the Internet sometimes. It just works so well. I'm so glad we're so technologically advanced. That debate over monitor that it works this well. <laughs> you know, I just wish things would cooperate and work the way you want them to be. I, I really wanted to hear this audio before I read and got into the whole story of a bill being introduced in the state house that would require the reporting of non-vaccinated students to the Colorado Department of Health and Environment. environment. 
Currently, those records are kept with the school, which is the same way it is here Turing in Florida. those immunization records, and Rick sounds like it was a busy hearing room. T- uh, yeah. uh, th- that's the same way it is in Florida. I'm pausing it now. Maybe it'll, it'll decide to correct itself. Uh, when you have what we call in this state a blue card. I bought pus. I don't know. Uh, oh, I got you uh, uh, outclassed. Uh, when you have a vaccine waiver in this state, we call it a blue card. I have a blue card for Mikey, my son, and it's filed with the school. Now, if I have that waiver and I decide to homeschool my child, it doesn't go anywhere. Nobody knows anything. It doesn't have to go to the state. I mean, of course, it was issued to me by the county health Today. department, and I'm sure that they, uh, I'm sure they report this information to to the states. But uh, I don't know, man. I just kind of feel that. First of all, we shouldn't have to get a waiver, but, you know, it's available in, in 48 states at least. All right, let me bring this back a little bit. Let's try this again. It's still going on, Jim. We spoke with one woman who said she was encouraged to come here by an organization that is part of homeschoolers or Christians. But the bill is supported by those who say centralized records would be helpful in outbreaks like the one we're having. Like the one we're having, uh, where? Yeah. Right, I'm not going to continue to to give you choppy audio. I apologize about that. <clears throat> a hearing at the state ca- capitol on Thursday was packed with parents who opposed the bill. Christine Carter has four children and has th- had them vaccinated. I have the freedom to report what I'm going to do with my children or not, said Carter. I don't think it is a government's business. Now, this is a, a vaccinating person that said this. So that's a positive thing. I, shit. It's nice to hear somebody who vaccinates feeling that we have freedoms and we should be allowed to continue to have those freedoms. Uh, The proposal opened an emotional debate about Colorado's low vaccination rate. Colorado is one of 20 states that allows parents to claim any kind of personal opposition to required immunizations. And vaccine rates for some diseases are among the nation's lowest. Colorado passed a bill two years ago to have schools report vaccination rates. But for one in five Colorado kindergartens, there was no immunization information on record for 2014-15. Some of those who are opposed to vaccinations are fearful of the state obtaining the names of those who have opted out for the fear it's a step towards tracking them down. Pam Long brought her son Josh to the hearing. She says he has vaccine-induced brain injury. House Bill uh, 1164 is designed to circumvent the law, protecting privacy and bully people into every vaccine on the market, said Long. After Thursday's marathon hearing, the bill passed committee seven to six. You know, that's one of the negatives coming out of Colorado. I just. You know, you got recreational marijuana there. You have medical marijuana there. You have a lot of people traveling to that state in order to care for their children that need medical marijuana in some form, way, shape. So my guess, just, just spitballing here, but most people that, that don't vaccinate are probably people that would be seeking that alternative medicine for their child. Hmm. Amazing. Your name here? Yeah, I, I could record the clip before I go on air. But unfortunately, I work up until right before I go on air. So a lot of my show prep is done throughout the day while I'm working. So it's very hard for me to record things prior to. Now, if I have the time or I found something, 
days before and thought about it, then yes, I do record them and try to. I've done that in the past. But yeah, I, I got your I got your point. Your name. Uh, yeah. So again, I'm I'm not for any kind of bill like that, and unfortunately, that would be something that would prevent me, other than the the, the dastardly snow, from moving to Colorado. I don't I don't like snow. I moved down to Florida for a specific reason. I was over it. I was over the cold. I was over the snow. I was over the high taxes. I like Florida. Florida's a very nice place to live. We have our downsides. We have our problems. But not like anywhere else. You know, not unlike anywhere else. Everywhere has issues. There's always problems. But I seem to, uh, I'm just happier being warm and having issues and problems, I guess is what it comes down to. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I have described, I've made a description multiple times of how I feel about Trump and who I feel he relates to. I'm finding it very interesting and entertaining the way this, this whole election cycle is going on. And again, we'll get to the, you know, the Super Tuesday later on and what's going on and what I've seen when we got James on. James will be joining us later on. Second hour, a little after seven o'clock. But I've always compared Trump, and I, I got some shit from Shannon Burke today, the Shannon Burke show I do every Tuesday, about calling him Hitler or saying he reminds me of Hitler, because that's who he reminds me of. That's that's what I think of when I think of Donald Trump. That That's just, I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to go kill all the Jews, but the, the totalitarianism of him, the... the the unbe- uh, the fact that he is willing to go against the Constitution based on what he says. Now, he hasn't come out and said, screw the Constitution. But based on what he says, I really feel that, that he would circumvent the Constitution, that he would, he would not follow the rules that are pl- in place for us in that Constitution. So who else might feel that way? <laughs> I really enjoyed hearing this, and I'm going to play it for you guys now. Maybe. <laughs> Randy Kern or former president of Mexico says, what's your response? Well, my response is that he's mistaken. He's taking the wrong route. There are more Mexicans coming back than Mexicans going into United States. And it's because Mexican economy has been improving and because they see the opportunities here now. When when he claims that uh, that the Mexican government is behind the flow of undocumented workers coming into this country, he hasn't provided any evidence of that, but he says uh, he believes that and that smart people know that. That is a, an absolute lie. He doesn't have any proof on that. I was a president of Mexico. I know other presidents of Mexico, and we have always been working hard, doing our very best to build up the opportunities for our people. We need them here. We don't need them in the United States. Last night, as you know, Donald Trump again called for you to apologize for using the F word, saying you should be ashamed. Any chance you've decided to accept uh, accept that uh, that request? I repeat to him, no apologies. I demand, as Joe, as Joe Biden, Vice President of the United States, came to Mexico and said, it's a shame that we have guys like him speaking the language that he speaks. He has offended Mexico, Mexicans, 
migrants, he has offended the Pope, he has offended the Chinese, he has offended everybody. Mr. President, there are some in the United States who believe that by you making these comments to Donald Trump, in fact, helps Donald Trump, that it sort of elevates him, uh, puts him on the world stage, uh, and for his supporters, confirms what they already believe. He says he's going to bring back America to what it was. That's crazy. Never, never before America, United States, was so big, so strong, so powerful, so successful as it is today. He's going to take that nation back to the old days of, uh, of uh, uh, conflict, war, and everything. It's a, it's a, I mean, he, he remembers me of Hitler. Uh, that's the way he started speaking. You, you're really saying he reminds you of Adolf Hitler? I, I, I say that he reminds me of Hitler because we just have to see the sweet talking that Hitler had at the beginning. And if it is, I, he's going to use the executive power to do what he likes without considering that he has a Congress there, that in the Congress there are Republicans and Democrats, that he has a judiciary, that he has governors, that he has a very solid uh, citizenship. And, and that is a democracy that should be the example for the rest of the world. So he's behaving very, very, very poorly. President Vicente Fox, I appreciate you uh, talking with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, he has performed very, very poorly. And I've been comparing him to Hitler myself for months now. I mean, the first time I was asked, <coughs> excuse me, the first time I was asked, uh, you know, a question like, you know, how would you compare Trump to or what would you compare Trump to? It was Hitler. That's what I hear that the, go to Hitler in the 20s and early 30s before everything started. It sounds very similar. And it was said to me today, oh, well, you know, even though Bush uh, senior or, or um, Grandpa Bush and, and many of U.S. companies supported the Nazi regime, uh, during that time, they didn't know that he was going to, uh, you know, kill all the Jews. Okay. Well, we don't know what, what Trump's plan is either. He could be just as bad for all we know. Then, you know, they'll send out that, oh, well, you know, they didn't know. They didn't, they didn't get it. That's why they were supporting. Idiocy. Complete idiocy. So, yes, I, I agree. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm part Mexican. My, my great great grandfather was president of Mexico at one time. I, I talk about that all the time. I know it's kind of weird. He wasn't a very good guy. I'll be honest. I finally uh, got to learn a little more history on him. Uh, I watched a documentary a few weeks ago about the history of Mexico. I was bored and sitting at home by myself. And uh, he was he was a pretty evil man, honestly. <laughs> but he was president of Mexico. Not, I should be able to be proud of that, shouldn't I? I guess so. You know, Mexicans, they, they become president by murder and and doing crazy, dumb things. Pentagon research could make brain modem a reality. The tiny injectable medicine could turn your noodle into a remote control. The Pentagon is attempting what what, what was, until recently, an impossible technolo- technological feat, Develop, developing a high-bandwidth neural interface that would allow people to beam data from their minds to external devices and back. That's right, a brain modem, one that could allow a soldier, for example, uh, control a drone with his mind. 
This seemingly unlikely piece of technology has just gotten a lot less unlikely. On February 8th, the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, DARPA, you ought to love when they're involved, the U.S. military... Uh, military's fringe science wing announced, oh, is that like Hydra had their little fringe science rank, uh, uh, wing? Announced the first successful test on animal subjects of a tiny sensor that travels through blood vessels, lodges in the brain, and records nor- neural activity. This so, the so-called stenrod, a combination stent and electrode, is the size of a paperclip and flexible. The tiny injectable machine uh, the invention of neurologist Tom Oxley and his team of, or his team at the University of Melbourne in Australia could help researchers solve one of the most vexing problems with the brain modem. How to insert a transmitter into the brain without also drilling a hole in the user's head. <laughs> Do you want a hole drilled in your head? I mean, that sounds like fun, doesn't it? It sounds like a good time. Based on existing stents, the doctors Used to clean blood vessels, the stent rod includes sensors and tiny transmitter. Entering the bloodstream via catheter, the stent rod swims in the bloodstream. Doctors monitor the stent rod on its journey through the circulatory system. When the device reaches the brain, the, the physicians command it to expand against the blood vessel walls and hold station. There it remains for potentially months at a time, recording and re- relaying the subdual electrical signals that flow from the brain to the rest of the body. By reducing the need for invasive surgeries, the stent rod may pave the way for more practical implication uh, implementations of those kinds of life-changing applications of brain-machine interface. Doug Weber, a, D, a DARPA program manager, said in a statement, Anytime DARPA's involved, I get worried. With DARPA funding beginning four years ago, Oxley and his team tested the stent rod on sheep. He and his teammates explained in an academic paper published in the journal, uh, Natural Biotechnology Technology, in early February. This is not going to be a tongue-tied night, I hope. In other words, the neurologist injected tiny sensors into some unwitting livestock's veins and for months recorded the electrical impulses that controlled the animal's movements. According to DARPA, Oxley and his fellow researchers plan to test the stent rod on human patients as early as 2017. That's next year. At the Royal Melbourne Hospital, military experimentation could follow. So here's another experiment we can do on our soldiers. You know, that They like to experiment on us, so why not? Why not let them experiment on them some more? Uh, again, that's one of those things that bother me. That's not... I, I love... I love advancement. I love the ability to grow, to learn new things. But when we start playing around with with the human brain in ways that we don't need to be playing around with it, that worries me. It really, really worries me. So I hope, maybe... It won't go down that way. Uh, I wasn't going to take a break. I'm going to take a quick break here, guys. Uh, real quick, I got a short one here, just one song, commercial. I'll be back with you in a couple minutes. You're listening to the first 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free, Blood, and Radio Chaos. I'll be back with you in just a few short, lovely minutes. Look at my crayon. Hold on. 
What am I supposed to say? What am I doing? Here? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? John Reyes. Four Toad and Lexi. Oh, I meant Four Toad. Sure. Oh, Four no. Dave. Dave. <laughs> Hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz for Toad and Lexi. You know, I, think I sound like shit. What am I, give me a script here. Come on. I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And uh, Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, yeah. Dr. Bob Tuscan. It's Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy for Toad.
Hey, this is Steve from the Chocolate Drop. And if you haven't heard the show lately, here's a little bit of what you've been missing. My week is over. Thank God. Damn. See how Steve get down right? Steve's wicked. You say you wicked, Steve. I'll slap you again. There ain't no cameras in here. I don't know what her problem was. Why she was licking people's cheese. See, black people mess it up for everybody, man. <laughs> you know somebody black to complain. <laughs> and they call me a racist. The back of the toilet looks like a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> Um, I like that. You ever seen a vein this big? <laughs> oh my god. Um, I like that. She ate a rubber glove and she had to have her dog. <laughs> insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, I like that. Saturdays, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, RazRadioLive.com, and Salty Talk Radio. We talk about weed too. I like that weed talk. All right, guys, welcome back to First 52, RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood and Radio Chaos. Sorry I took that quick break there. I really didn't plan on taking one, but hey. I want to thank UU8 for sending this to me. Fuck with City. That's where you belong. All right, guys. Again, I apologize for taking that quick break. I don't know. I've been peeing a lot today. I might have drank a lot of water uh, throughout the day uh, because it's been like really weird. I've just been urinating a lot. I don't know. Maybe there's a medical problem. I don't. I I hope not. I really hope not. Uh, The Cosmic Psychos. uh, One of my blood listeners sent this to me. Thank you very much. I'm going to check out some more of their stuff. They seem kind of interesting. I was never really a punk guy, which they kind of, they're like a crossover, weird band. (laughs) I just found them interesting. So yeah, thank you, you. That's where I know a lot of people that belong there. A lot, a lot, a lot of people. <laughs> Sorry, too much information, Bad Slave? I don't know. Maybe somebody has a, a suggestion for me. You know, why? Why is that happening? <laughs> I don't know if it's a problem or not. I, I would assume it's not really a problem. I did. I do drink a lot of water while I'm working, so that could be it. I drink a lot of alcohol, beer. Not alcohol, beer. Anywho. All right, back to things that are important. Don't forget, 7 o'clock, James, uh, James Woods, James from the Internet on Twitter, or James F.T., Internet on Twitter if you want to follow him. Hopefully he'll be joining us in the chat room pretty soon. Um, it's the D-Diabetes. No, I don't have diabetes. I can guarantee you that one almost. Uh, and we'll we'll get into a lot of the election talk then. I don't want to get into the election talk quite yet. Uh, that's uh, it, it's I don't know much about it, to be honest. I don't pay attention to it. I get the sound bites and the stupid shit we see. I did actually... Uh, I did actually watch the election or the uh, the debate the other night. I made it for a while. It was rather entertaining. I got to be honest. It was it was an entertaining debate. I can't wait to see. I don't know if you guys. I might have played it. Well, no, I don't think I played it here before. But uh, bad lip reading on YouTube. They do these great videos, and they've done some of the debate ones. And it, it's 
it's comical. I mean, it's, it really made me laugh. Uh, it's well worth uh, checking them out. I'm hoping that they use some of the stuff uh, from this past uh, Republican debate to uh, to do another one because it's, it's, it's humorous, man. I got to tell you, it's really funny. All right, let's cover some some of my favorite things to talk about. Law enforcement. Now, we've had a lot of shootings of, of law enforcement officers recently, and I don't I don't like that. I don't stand for that. That's not a good thing. We need to all get along. We don't want them shooting us. We shouldn't be shooting them. And I know I'm not shooting cops, and you guys listening to me aren't shooting cops, but the point is that's what we need to look to, more towards. Bad guys are going to be bad guys. You're never going to avoid that. Maybe they're just getting better at shooting. Maybe cops are getting, uh, you know, the newer cops. I had a, a one-day cop killed the other day. Female. Probably shouldn't have been in the situation she was in at that given time. You know, it's not, it's not a pleasant thing. And I feel bad when I see that. Because I don't want to see anybody get killed. Well, except for maybe really evil people. So we had another shooting. Uh, when was this one? <clears throat> Monday. Monday, we have another shooting in North Carolina. A uh, lot of this going on. Of course, we've been seeing it now for a while. And uh, it just needs to stop in general. Hey, stupid drop-down thing. Just- what did he do to your child? What did he do to your mama? A mother's grief on painful display. Rolanda Bird cried and lashed out at police moments after she says an officer shot and killed her son, Akiel Dinkins. Because my son didn't have no gun on him. My son wasn't threatening that officer. Police say an officer was trying to question the man on a felony drug charge when he took off running, leading police on a foot chase down Bragg Street around noon. Witnesses tell us Dinkins hopped one fence, then a second, and say that's when the fatal gunshots rang out. This is a sad day. Police Chief Cassandra Deck Brown offered a brief, measured response, expressing condolences for the man's family and a promise to investigate the shooting to the fullest extent. Initially, it is known that a firearm was located within close proximity to the deceased suspect. That weapon, along with all other elements available at the scene, Will be processed. Police have not said whether the gun belonged to Dinkins or whether he threatened the officer. We would ask that people remain calm and remember that these investigations take some time. He was also a father to two young boys, ages two and three, working on getting his GED, and his teacher says he wanted to become a carpenter. It's real personal for me because he wasn't just my student, he was more like another son to me. He had a lot of promise and hope in the future. You know, they say a gun was found nearby. A lot of a lot of urban areas, you can hear construction workers and trash men and and people who are out in the environment <clears throat> who who find weapons all the time, just laying in the grass, laying behind a, a trash can, uh, under a bush. It was found in close proximity to him. Oh, what's close proximity? Twenty feet? Did the cops see him throw a gun from him? You know. It's these kinds of, of things when the community speaks so highly of individuals like that. That's when I it really bothers me. And again, it bothers me when I see cops are being killed. That That's not something I want to see happen. Oh, I will say, do I still have that page up, I wonder? I had up the, uh, uh, no, I closed it, damn it. I had up the, uh, the police uh, death page, I forget what it's called, uh, one of those ones out there. <clears throat> and um, 
we are having a lot more shootings, it seems, in the beginning of the year. But I'll give cops credit because the driving fatalities have dropped like crazy. I mean, they actually learned how to drive, maybe. I, I guess that's a possibility that they got that down finally. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm, I'm on call for work also, so that's why you might be hearing my, my text messaging going off in the background. Alrighty, yeah, that guy's crazy too. Uh, yeah, and, and throwaway gun, absolutely bad slave. That could very easily be a throwaway gun, gun, a weapon that, you know, a cop carries to plant as well as they've been admitted that they plant drugs. It's a worry, man. It really is a worry <clears> that <throat> they do that. And the cops have admitted it. There, there's many articles out there about it. I, I'm very distracted, guys. I apologize. Trying to get my head together, keep it straight in my mind. <clears throat> Why do they call me first? I'm a pain in the butt. Answering service for my job. You know, I, they, they tried calling me first. They're not supposed to call me unless I don't answer. Let me see. What's it? 48. Guys, you're going to kill me. Oh, you know what? Let me see here. Let me see if I got a video. Because I, I got to call back my answering service and tell them I got the call. Uh, I'm sure you guys don't want to listen to me do that live on air. I, I could just dial them on, you know, on my Skype here and do it that way. But... I want to do that to you. I'm just scanning through here because I know I've got another story up here that had some video I wanted to play. And uh, we'll let that play and I'll be able to call them. There it is. How would you like to work for a guy that required you to go get your concealed carry permit? I mean, would that be a positive thing for you? I think it would be a positive thing for me. Uh, I, I <laughs> And he gives you a gun, a nice gun, a revolver, a beautiful, uh, what is it? Uh, I know it's written here somewhere. It's a five-shot 410. Everyone has one of these in their drawer, yeah, or on their person. There's a five-shot 410 handgun. It's a nice little handgun. I'm waiting for the video to load so we can play it for you. It's amazing, you know, if you're going to get into Internet, because I know a lot of the guys, you know, some of the guys listening right now do their own shows. It's challenging sometimes, man. When you've got eight million different things going on, you've got personal life involved in it, 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 uh, it takes your attention away sometimes. And, again, I do apologize about that. All right. Page is reloading. We'll see if that helps at all. <clears throat> uh, when James comes on, again, I'm, we're going to really cover election stuff. Um, we're going to cover his opinion. I think he's a Sanders guy or or leans that direction. So it'll be interesting to, to talk with him and see his thought pattern. And I've got some audio here that I want to throw his way and see if uh, it grabs his attention. If this video doesn't play, I'm just going to go to my next break, and we'll go long on the next section. So, And I won't take any more breaks. You guys know when I have a guest on, I don't take breaks. Local business owner is now requiring all of his employees to get a concealed carried license and get armed. The story has already reached more than 125,000 people on our WSB-TV Facebook page. New at 5, Channel 2's Craig Lucy talked to that businessman who also gives the employees a gun. Craig? Jovita, he gives them what is known as the judge. Here it is right here. He says it's a pretty effective self-defense weapon because it's shot is so wide. Now, I've been speaking with Lance Tolan about this story for weeks now and finally had the opportunity to sit down with him today to talk about his new mandate. You got everyone. Everybody in my office has one of these in their drawer. This is the judge, a new requirement in the offices of Lance Tolan Associates, where his aviation insurance agents now open carry in the office. And it's a five shot, and it's uh, 
a 410, uh, just like a shotgun. Tolan told us after hearing about recent home invasions and violent crime in the metro Atlanta area, he came up with the new office mandate. Uh, they uh, uh, all literally had their concealed carry permit within three or four weeks of me announcing that this was something you had to do. This is one of Lance Tolan's offices, and he gave us another explanation as to why he wants his employees to carry a gun. Uh, most of my employees are women. Women like Andrea Van Buren. I love it. Everybody is now armed in the Tolan Griffin, St. Simons Island, and Atlanta office. Agent Van Buren told us the mandate is a great idea for other companies if employees agree to several things. You're willing to commit to training, um, commit to being becoming an expert on the firearm, and also you have to commit to being ready to use it if you have to. Tolan says several high-profile business owners who have private planes he ensures may follow his lead. A lot of my clients are, I hate to say, high-fiving me when they hear about this, but they think it's one of the best things that they've ever heard for a company to mandate gun ownership and to be licensed and be responsible. So I did a Twitter poll asking people, do you think this concealed carry mandate is a good idea? Here are the results right here. 60% said yes, it is. 40% said no. We would love to hear from you on this, so just go to our Facebook page and tell us what you think. It is already going off on our Facebook page right now. Justin. All right. Yeah. Dr. Handle Vista, Twister Surgeon, HHMD. DJ Hellfire. My nigga Amp Killer Assassin. True Thumbs. 2009 Flavor. Amp Killer. Revolutionary hip hop. Dirty jersey. Polyrap radio served. Beginning of the end of this. Get it, yeah. Not trying to bad mouth my brother, but he part of the beast executive. Carrying orders, giving orders round the border. Carnivorous mind frame, mind games. We don't play those. Killer instinct, I'm Jago. Off the wall, throwing at your Venus thoughts. You start to see the light. Operations, freedom strike, hydrate your workplace, sort of like Pedia. Like, what's the art of war? Divide and conquer, raise the bar. We like the 300, laughing at these. We weak stomachs, hit it, be humming. Knocking down trees, all fleets coming. Your multi jurisdictional task force, we treat dumbing. Got a chrome look, I'm a soldier, bash your head in with a phone book. If you ain't a revolutionary, then you probably got a clone foot. 40 foot out, masculine profile with no smile. It's time the world knows your whole style is about to go down. Gravy, I'm getting discounts at Harry's Army and Navy. Wire cutters, food rashes, 380s, you must be crazy.
Marvel on Draven. Devour trouble some agents. Rise out the rubble with lasers. Lyrical Jedi. Luke and them niggas bucking at Vader. We at the point in time where everyone should honor their neighbor. The biochip party warn them for they sign on the waiver. Signing they life away. Fuck that. We looking for a brighter day. True equality. Foreign and monetary policy. So in the meantime, we steady gathering the following to produce leaders. Exposing leaders' plans to enslave man. Save as many souls as we can. With the help of the Lord's hand. Best believe the enemy surely can't stand. We be here to declare and clear the air in case you misunderstand. This message is stamped official by Ash. President of the United States. Good evening, my fellow Americans. We now stand ten years past the midpoint of a century that has witnessed four major wars among great nations. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could with time, and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Added to this, three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. Now this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development, yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. So is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals. So that security hey, and liberty Steve from the may Power. prosper together. And if you haven't heard the show lately, here's a little bit of what you've been missing. My week is over. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, God damn. See how Steve get down, right? Steve's wicked. <laughs>
Steve. I'll slap you again. There ain't no cameras in here. I don't know what her problem was, why she was licking people's cheese. See, black people mess it up for everybody, man. <laughs> you know somebody black to complain, <laughs> and they call me a racist. The back of the toilet looks like a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> Um, I don't like that. You ever seen a vein this big? <laughs> oh my god. Um, I don't like that. She ate a rubber glove and she had to have her dog. <laughs> it was insane. It was absolutely insane. Um, I don't like that. Saturdays, 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. RazRadioLive.com and Salty Talk Radio. We talk about wheat. I just wanted to take the time, take the time, write this to you myself because I think you get a bum rap. People always got something negative to say about you, man. I don't get it. I don't get it. Man, you guys do a great job. We should be more appreciative. Appreciative. Say you a hater just because we called for help and you came an hour later. Maybe you was extra busy stopping criminal acts. Some even said you pull people over because they black. All of y'all do a great job keeping your scope on us. And I refuse to believe you would plant some dope on us. They had to be wrong if you busted in their residence. They even lied and said you created fictional evidence. I gotta commend how you handle situations. Shot a youngster, beat his mama, and got a paid vacation. I know it's hard being you, so why would they question? In everything you do, we know it's all for our protection. Passing through our neighborhoods, spying at night. Some consider it harassment and denying our rights. You had to have a good reason for attempting to hurt us. Cause I know that y'all would never ever do it on purpose. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, them tickets you wrote for me costed over a grand. Didn't think that I was speeding, but you got me because. And since I know you wouldn't tell a lie, I guess that I was. Kind of struggling, so to not pay them is threatening my freedom. Thanks for showing up to court to make sure I didn't beat them. And we don't make it easy when we see y'all coming. Instead of just letting you beat us, we be struggling and running. I know you hate it when we make you have to use that stick. Sorry. And by the way, the taser and that pepper spray did the trick. I'm still walking funny. Hope my vision kicks back in I know that I was wrong, sir I'll never jaywalk again Somebody told me you was jealous Cause their car was brand new I said the police jealous? That can never be true Maybe one day I can be as clever as you You care about us So you monitor whatever we do Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Pardon me, Mr. Policeman. These cuffs are cutting off the blood flow to my hands. It's amazing how you kicked that dude all in his face and beat the case, even though they had it all on tape. I know you love the people in the hood. 
hood How could you fake it? And that missing drug money I know you didn't take it I don't understand why people accuse you of hate I know you only follow us to make sure that we safe I saw nine of y'all against one Beating the brainless That 65-year-old woman must have really been dangerous Cleaning up the streets is your top priority You qualify for this Why would we question your authority? You only working hard following training Why the hell are the Mexicans and blacks complaining? You gotta be the closest thing I've seen to perfect And everybody that you locked up, they had to deserve it, yeah Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Listen to all of them. Listen to all 52. With Sean Rath and me, Brad Friedman of Bradblock.com, the guy you love to love. All right, guys. Welcome back to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com. Radio Free Blood and Radio Chaos. I apologize about my madness there. It's just eight, nine, ten different things going on at once. People are texting me. I hate when people text me when I'm doing a radio show and they know I am. My job is never, I've never gotten a call, ever, in the f- almost four years of doing this radio show, have I ever gotten a call while doing the show. Of course, I get a call. Ugh. It's just a little stressing sometimes. You know, it gets you all tweaked out. I'm trying to mellow out. I got a, I got an OBP here. Old Blossom Pilsner, or Old Blossom Brewing Company, back in the day IPA, and I'm going to suck that down. Ah. There we go. I, that's why I played Kitty, too. you gotta, you got to play Kitty if you got to calm down, right? This is a calming song, isn't it? I'm very calm now. Are you calm yet? <laughs> Meow, 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 meow. I used to love the presidents. Have you guys ever heard of the presidents of the United States of America? They got some great songs. This is one of my favorite ones from them. I'm a cat guy, I gotta tell you. So, as I told you, going into the second hour, uh, we were gonna actually do some political talk. I don't do very much. Yeah, Peaches is a good one too, Outclass. Um, I, I don't do very much political talk because I don't. I, I just don't trust it. I don't believe in it. Uh, I think there's there's too many things that can that can take control of it. We've got electronic voting. We're not even counting the damn shit anymore. So I can't really discuss it very well because you know I I I, I don't pay attention to it that much as I should. So I found somebody who actually pays attention to it. Um, and we'll we'll pick his brain. So we got James Woods, James from the internet. How you doing, brother? I'm uh, I'm doing all right, man. How are you? I'm doing better now. I've I've done some mellowing um, um, exercises during the break there, and I, I handled my business. So hopefully uh, I can calm down and we can have a good discussion about politics. <laughs> oh yeah, my my favorite subject, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you follow it a lot, so. Um, that's why I reached out to you. you. You had made a prediction the other day, which we may see you know, come to fruition tonight. 
uh, I, I want to discuss that. But before we do that, I know you're working with a new group or you're writing for another organization now or something along those lines. I just want to make sure we get your, your information of where you're at now. Well, um, I'm still writing articles for uh, U.S. Uncut, which uh, you can find on, on Facebook or on the web. It is a massive uh, Facebook page. The, the, uh, the website's doing, you know, 20 million hits a month. Uh, it's getting a lot of traction. It's been really good. And then uh, I have a new video project I started a few months back, which is uh, Act TV or Act.TV. Take your pick, uh, whether you're on the web or on Facebook. And uh, Act is an mostly- AC. At is yeah, an AT? Yeah, ACT TV, ACT, E-C-T. Um, and it's mostly been geared towards uh, specific Facebook and mobile viewing, which is is really the expanding market. And, you know, with, with fewer and fewer people getting their news from the news and having time to sit around and, and you know, watch CNN blather at them and tell them absolute nothingness, you know, more people are, are really getting, like, news just from, from headlines and quick hits on mobile sources and and you know me, man. Like I, I like to stay a step ahead. You know, I still go out. I still live stream uh, actions as they happen. And you know, me and people like me, we we tend to be the ones who are disrupting the business model of horrible corporate, you know, media news. Right, right. So anytime I get an opportunity to jump on a team and uh, jump on a new project and you know, throw a monkey wrench in some billionaire's plans to tell everybody what to think. Uh, I'm there with a the quickness. Well, it always seems like you're. Tra- I've seen you travel a lot. You know, you're always trying to stay with what's going on. Um, excuse me. I-, I had hypothesized where I felt you stood um, with this election cycle. Now, if I vote for a presidential candidate, I haven't decided yet. Uh, I know that I-, I was reading an article about Jesse Ventura may throw his uh, his hat in the race of Clinton is the one that goes forward. Uh, who? Where do you stand in that whole? election cycle right now uh well you know i'm I'm grudgingly getting dragged into it and i I guess before we go in and i get i get crucified uh (laughs) by the audience i think it's fair to point out that the last two elections i actually voted for ron paul and gary johnson so uh you know i'm definitely not the guy who just blindly pulls the red lever or the blue lever right uh i'm definitely not that guy so before uh, anybody in the audience starts, you know, getting the, the large pieces of oak out ready for me, we're going to throw that one out there quick. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, I, we got you. I, and again, I I don't really judge based on what you want to do. I mean, that's why we live here. That's why we do what we're doing right now is so everybody has that choice. So we'll throw some things back and forth because, you know, hey, I've already said I'm not going to I don't even know if I'm going to vote, really. <laughs> And, and I can't say I blame you. And, and frankly, if you look at the numbers from from the last few elections, especially the midterms and, and even the the early returns on, on voting this year in the first four primary states, you know, the, the number of people who are politically active can, continues to shrink comparative to the, the number of people who, who are actually able to vote. And, you know, of course, you got the, there's two competing trains of thought here. Number one is, you know, Government is taxation. Taxation is theft. No government is great. Um, you know, I hear that a lot of times from the very far right and the very far left. And those two groups of people also happen to be the most politically impotent. So the two of those things kind of go together. Uh, the other thought is, you know, if you vote and then everything sucks, 
you're the reason everything sucks because you voted for the person who makes it suck. Right. So I understand there's a whole lot of dead ends driving down the road of being politically active. So I, um, you know, I, I tend to look at it all from a, from a sort of pragmatic point of view. I, I definitely don't, you know, fanboy out or jump on a bandwagon or, you know, just throw my lot in with a party. But, you know, at the end of the day, if, if elections were meaningless and, and the people were supposed to be in charge or just predetermined, uh, billionaires wouldn't be spending billions and billions of dollars to buy people's votes. And, and that's really the counter argument to the, the whole, you know, statist argument. Okay. Well, I want to I want to point out two things. You said that if you vote and everything's screwed up, then you're blamed for it. But if you don't vote and everything's screwed up, you're blamed for it just as much. I think we can yeah, both agree on much. that. <laughs> it, it, and and it's it, it's sad, but and and I, I don't disagree with either of those assertions. It's really, you know, where the electoral system has taken people to the point where you know beating your head against the wall is almost the the most preferable option. And uh, <laughs> I think that's what I'm doing. Yeah, but but that's really sad when you think that you know, and, and I'm making an air quotes. You're you know, people listening can't can't see them, but you know what. Not so long ago, the American electoral system and American democracy was, was pretty much the envy of the rest of the world. And, and you know, in a matter of decades, we are now the laughing stock of the world. I mean, there are people in Yugoslavia who are like, wow, American democracy really blows. <laughs> it really does. Now, James, let me redirect you here a little bit because you missed the, the, the question. We got to answer that question still. So if you if who do you where are you standing? Well, currently in the primaries, I, I am standing. I'm, I'm going with Bernie Sanders. Um, I, again, I, I look at electoral politics in a you know sort of pragmatic view. And right now, we're talking about primaries. We're not talking about a general election, right? And and in the primaries, you know, if I have a choice between somebody who's been who's been talking the talk and walking the walk about you know um, you know fixing a lot of like basic, basic issues like criminal justice and police reform and stuff like that, or if I'm going to choose the corporatist who's been running a campaign for nine years, right? you know, and, and whose track record is pretty much, let's just bomb the brown people and sort it out labor, you know, that's not really much of a choice. It's kind of a no-brainer. Well, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess you're a registered Democrat, or are you, don't, are you uh, independent? Uh, I was actually registered independent when I was in Georgia and Florida when I moved up to, to New York a couple of years ago. Um, and, and I saw the Sanders train coming. I actually registered as a Democrat because up here, independents can't vote in the, in the Democratic primaries. And that was my next point I wanted to make. You were talking about how we're seeing low turnout right now in the primaries and, and states like Florida. I know we haven't gotten to us yet. Um, it's, you can't vote in the primary if you're an independent or if you're a no party affiliation. Or, yeah, or, or a libertarian or anything like that, because you can only vote for the Democrat or, or the uh, Republican. Yeah, and this is the first time I, I've registered as a Democrat since I was like, you know, 18 years old and I had new car smell and I was idealistic coming out of high school going, yay, democracy. <laughs> and it's been like 20 years, man. This is the first time I've registered as a Democrat and a little part of me died inside having to do it, but... You know, it, like, like I said, if the choice is just allowing Hillary Clinton to walk on in and and just you know be a you know to the right of Jeb Bush and bomb the crap out of everybody, 
And, and if this is what I got to do, then then so be it, man. I'll suck it up and take one for the team. Okay, and I can appreciate that. I'm not, you know, I don't really agree with everything Saunders says, and, I, and I, I'm going to play a video, or Sanders says that I'm going to play a video earlier or a little bit later that, that I have a question on, and, and I want to figure out where you stand on this because I don't think we've ever really discussed um, guns. Uh, have we ever discussed guns together? I don't think so we, in the interview we did before. No, no, I, I think I think the last time I was on, we were talking about BLM, and probably the time before that, we were talking about uh, Million Masks, so I don't know that we've hit it directly yet. Okay, so where's your stance on that? I mean, you live in New York now. You you, you kind of had to register as a Democrat if you're going to move to New York. That's just kind of uh, part of the requirements to live there. Um, <laughs> and, you know, New York really isn't very friendly on guns. There's been a lot of problems there in New York with guns, although you did come from Florida at one point. So wh- what's your stance on, on guns in general, on the Second Amendment? Uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Second Amendment. I'm a fan of guns. Um, you know, other than living in the in the five boroughs of Manhattan, you know, once you go ten miles north of Manhattan, it's it's pretty much God's country up here. It's the same as Central Florida, only with, with colder air. And you know, everybody owns four guns and shoots cans off fence posts and goes hunting in the winter. And you know, there's there's definitely this image in the rest of the country that all of New York is New York City. <laughs> right. And it, it's really a tiny little speck on the map comparative to the rest of the state. And once you get it out of Manhattan, uh, it's no different than the rest of the country. And I understand why they have, you know, especially concealed carry restrictions in New York City, just because the population density is so high. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I might not agree with it, but I understand the rationale behind it. But could we not agree that the surge in crime in Chicago and the surge in crime in New York and, and, and all the, the negatives are, are partially contributed to the lack of good citizens being armed? Well, actually, in New York, crime, is, crime has been steadily going down for the last decade. Where uh, Crime levels now are, are lower than when Giuliani was president, uh, mayor before you know, president of New York City. before 9-11. <laughs> Um, Chicago is its own kettle of fish, and that really has to do with, with gang violence, and, and the vast majority of the, the gun violence in Chicago is really concentrated in a few small areas. So so it's not, you know, a, a systemic or a citywide or a statewide issue in places like that. It's usually uh, uh, very small, and it's, it's, it's a lot of it is, is gang attributable, and, you know, I, I doubt there are guys and gangs in Chicago who have a a blacksmith's shop and a forge in their house and they're making their own guns. <laughs> That's a good point. I, I can't disagree with that. Uh, well, l- let me play you this. This was this came out on the 29th, so that would have been yesterday, this video. I don't know if you've seen or heard or not. Uh, uh, we Are Change is, is one of the places I, I found it at. So let me play you this, and, and let's just hear what he has to say on this subject that we're discussing. I come from a state which has virtually no gun control, mm-hmm. and yet I voted uh, to ban certain types of assault weapons. I voted to close the gun show loophole, and I voted for background, instant background checks. And what I said is that a nation, we, as a nation, we can't continue screaming at each other, mm-hmm. or else we've got to find common ground. Well, what and is that? A, what well, is that? Because common ground is, what is for it? a start, universal instant background checks. Mm-hmm. Nobody should have a gun who has a criminal background, who's involved in domestic uh, abuse situations. People should not have guns who are going to hurt other people, who are unstable. And second of all, I believe that we need to make sure that certain types of guns used to kill people exclusively, not for hunting, they Mm -hmm. should not be sold in the United States of America. And we have a huge loophole now with gun shows that should be eliminated. There may be other things that we have to do. But coming from a rural state, I think I can communicate 
with mm -hmm. folks coming from urban states where guns mean different things than they do in Vermont where it's used for hunting. That's where we've got to go. We don't have to argue with each other right. and yell at each other. We need a common sense solution. So what's your thoughts on that, James? Um, it's, uh, it's a sticky wicket, man. I, I, you know, I wish there was a cut and dry answer. I wish you could just say like, yeah, hey, let's just give everybody a gun or, oh, nobody should have guns. Um, you know, it, Sanders at least makes some sense where he's talking about differentiating, you know, being in the mountains of Vermont and being a hunter comparative to being in New York City where there's 9 million people all standing on the head of a match. Like, it's, you know, they're two very different things. Um, and, and that was something I agreed with with him. You know, I, I, I do agree that we do meet, need to ensure that unstable people don't have guns, but we also need to ensure that they're not making everybody standard, you know, unstable in general. I, I don't disagree. And, and you know, the, the reason why you have no version of a background check and no version of a... Huh? Hold on, James. You're stuttering there. Or I lost you. What the heck? See, we get into something good, and and it registry in the first place, which would eliminate all these conversations. Is that? How's that? There we go. Have you I gone away? You were bouncing in and out there for a moment. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, it's um the thing with uh with you know determining who should have them and who shouldn't. You know, this goes back to about thirty years ago. There was a, a rep in Arkansas who tagged a. Uh, um, a, a no gun registry for life bill tacked onto the back of like another appropriations bill right. at the behest of the NRA. And since then, any kind of a registry or cross registry with mental health patients has been off the table. And that's why people have been banging their head against this wall about all aspects of gun control. And, and frankly, if that wasn't in place, I think there would have been a, a totally different conversation over the last 10 or 20 years that doesn't start and end with, you know, Wayne LaPierre trotting out, you know, Charlton Heston with a rifle in his hand screaming about, you know, his cold dead fingers. Right. Well, and, and that's that's part of my issue with it, too. I, I, I agree that there is some privacy issues involved there. Uh, but if you've been in trouble and that's that's, I guess, the kind of point I'm making is, is, you know, we have a majority of our population nowadays is on some, you know, some form of psychotropic or antidepressant or something that they could very, very easily lump into, you know, you can't have a gun because you're taking this medication. Now, I don't I don't believe in pharmaceuticals, but if you're treated in the world we live in, that's treatment and it should make you OK. Now, I honestly believe that it causes most of the shootings and things like that that we see. But that's a whole nother discussion in itself. So do you follow where I'm going there? I totally agree with you. <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes it difficult. You know, how do you how do you fix that problem? So we were. Well, go ahead. Sorry. No, well, see, see and, and this is always where the rubber meets the road on issues like this. There's always a gray area on stuff. And, and we people more often than not want to make politics just black and white, cut and dry. And, and the very nature of politics, the very reason for politics is so that people with differing uh, viewpoints can come together and find the most rational area inside the gray to make decisions that will help the greatest majority of people. You know, there's always the, you know, like, like, you know, this is my property or this is my freedom and this is my liberty. And then what happens when my freedom bumps up against your liberty? That right there is the essence of politics. That's why there's a political system. Well, that's the essence of life and society in general. 
Uh, I think we can agree on that. And, and somebody, as we're talking about the prescription stuff real fast, and then we're going to move into what's going on today, Super Tuesday. Um, one of the guys in the chat room said, I can't fathom how anyone can get through a day in this country without being on something. Now, where I, I actually kind of agree with that, which, but it doesn't have to be pharmaceuticals. We could legalize uh, marijuana. You know, we could, we could, we have legal alcohol. Everybody takes some form of something to get through a day or a week or a month or something. Maybe not every day, but you need that relaxation time. Would you not agree? I, <laughs> you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir, brother. Oh, I feel you. I feel you. All right. So. Super Tuesday, uh, like I said, I don't really follow. I didn't really, the first time I ever voted, I was, it was 2004, and I voted for Bush. And I'm 40 years old. That was the first time I ever voted. And I regret that day um, all the way through till now. <laughs> you know, I'll regret that day for the rest of my life, that vote. But I was stuck in the, I believe, 9-11. I believe that, you know, we were attacked and we needed to take care of this. And I was a strong Republican conservative type person. I was in the military. So I, I, I didn't really, I just did what I felt. I, I, I was just pulling that lever that they were telling me to pull at that time. After I finally had my third child and, and started looking into things and, and understanding more of what, really is going on you know when i was young i would question jfk now i always questioned jfk i always lo- believed the aliens were around and i always talked about ufos but i never got into anything beyond that and when i got woken up to this stuff i tried to learn a lot really fast so let's start with the basis of what we're going through right now i know most of the people listening and i get it but i can't explain it as well as you can so let's just explain what's happening right now uh, well, if you look at the, the path of legislation over the last, the last four or six years, what, what you're definitely seeing is, uh, I guess the simple word would be plutocracy, which is, um, you know, rule by power and money. And, uh, I, I'm definitely not against people having money, being wealthy, accruing wealth. Uh, I think the issue with I wish wealth I had disparity, some. Yeah. <laughs> well, the issue with wealth disparity really is when people who have wealth can spend their wealth to directly influence legislation that helps them retain their wealth. And that's, you know, there's, there's always this, uh, this view that, you know, if you say anything about, about wealth disparity, then you're just hating on the rich or you're hating on people who, who have money. And that's not it at all. The, the issue is, is people and corporations being able to buy legislation, which, which defeats the purpose of, of people having a voice and people going to vote. And, and this has been, you know, if you looked at it on like a chart or a graph, it's like it's a strong uptick. I mean, the amount of people in America who think that they're middle class <laughs> and really have no idea that they're like a quarter of a step above poverty. Right. And the reason for it is because the companies they work for are the ones buying legislation to make them poorer boggles the mind. And, and, and that's really what, what's kind of setting the stage for, for the election this year and why you're just seeing the, the madness that you're seeing with both Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. Well, and, and what's what's weird about that is uh, Bernie Sanders, yeah, he, he uh, didn't have a lot of money. He, he had you know problems with electric. He was he was always kind of the free spirit type guy when he was young. And then we have Donald Trump on this side, who is the rich guy. Who is the, which is why I don't understand how a lot of freedom, liberty people have actually 
kind of congregated to him and, and people I would have never expected to support him or supporting him. Um, well, this will probably be an, an, an unpopular opinion and your chat room's going to light up when I say this, but it's okay. I'll take the hit. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've run in the Liberty crowd, you know, I've, I've rolled through pork fast. I, you know, pulled the lever for Gary Johnson and a lot of the, the libertarian community, if, if I can be honest, is very, very white. Not not white, but like very white, like Martin Mole driving a Prius, listening to NPR white, it's extremely white. Yeah. And and so when you get a really, really white guy who gets in front of a microphone and, and says, you know, F the Mexicans and F the Muslims and we're going to build a huge wall and make Mexico pay for it. They're the first ones with their asses out of their chair clapping like a fool. I'm and, not paying and, for and that fucking wall. Yeah, and, and I'm blown away that, like, and, and this is probably, this is where you're seeing the dividing line between actual libertarianism and coke libertarianism. Okay. And, you know, the, the two are miles apart, and sadly, the, the word and the name libertarian got reappropriated by right race, uh, white racists who idolize even richer, whiter racists. <laughs> and it's a shame, because libertarianism at its core... It really one of the most sensible ideas and, and government and social plans that you could instill in a country. Oh, oh by far. I mean, it, it really makes the most sense. You still have a government to take care of the essentials, but they don't intrude on anything beyond that. And I agree. And technically, if you're a libertarian, like, like here's how I determine if you're a real libertarian or a coke libertarian. If I ask you any question and your answer is anything except for I'm pro-choice, you're not a libertarian. And you should just call yourself a Republican and stop saying that you're a, Repu a libertarian because you think it's neat because it has the word liberty in it. Right. Like, you're still a Republican if your answer to everything is not pro-choice. Well, see, that's why I kind of ro roll with the NOAA Party affiliation. I, I, I believe in personal liberty, personal freedoms, uh, responsibility for what you do and how you do it. Uh, but, you know... I do believe that there is some spot that we need government not to make decisions for us, but to to handle certain certain things that just, you know, we can't just handle in general. We can't handle uh, other countries negotiating or talking with them. But then again, do we want to end up in wars with people because of these idiots that we stick there? And that's kind of the cycle we get stuck in. So do we have no government? Do we do anarchy and just have localized government? Do we? Uh, you know, I still believe the only way to really repair where we're at right now is to eliminate the federal government, eliminate parties. There is no longer a Republican Democrat and rebuild it and allow the states to control things until it gets rebuilt properly. I, You know, that uh, uh, that sounds great. And I'm sure that could happen in a vacuum or, you know, someplace where there are unicorns and fairy dust and all that great stuff. Like, You're pulling out the unicorns on me, James? Yo, man, come on. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure the federal government's just going to go, hey, you know what? I get you 7% of the population that's libertarian. We're just going to go ahead and dismantle the whole federal government and let you all discuss it amongst yourselves. And once you figure out what a better system will be, come back to us and we're perfectly happy to roll with what you think. Don't you think we convinced more people that they actually were libertarians? Because more people lean more towards the libertarian side than they do any other angle. Uh, well, because, uh, of course, people like the idea of liberty and freedom. I mean, these are two two essential building blocks of American democracy and, and of American culture and, and to, you know, if you go more to a macro level, to the very human existence. You know, freedom and liberty are great things. But, again, the second you get to the first point where, 
my freedom infringes on your liberty, and then everybody pulls out a gun, you know, now we're back to the point of going, gee, wouldn't it be nice if there was like a neutral arbiter who could say you can't do this or maybe come up with a way to implement a strategy so that it can't happen? All right, government. Yeah, that thing. But it, and right back where we started. But if we if we if we just follow the basic principles of liberty, then nobody's freedom gets infringed upon. Or maybe I'm backwards. Nobody's freedom. Get, if you, we, you follow what I mean? I mean, it all just gels together, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And I'm not one of those, you know, uh, high, you know, one of those guys that believe that. But it, it, it really easily could work if we eliminated the control by media, if we eliminated the the pharmaceutical industry, and if we eliminated the fluoride in our water and some other things going on, maybe that could all help us get back to being human beings, because that's really what we've lost is being human beings. Well, to, to get there, now, let's just hypothetically say you could actually get there. Okay. There's only two ways to get to that place from where we are now, and I'm speaking in reality, not in a vacuum. Okay. So the only two ways to get from where we are now to the place that you just described is, number one, about 15% of the population getting off their couch right now, picking up a torch and a pitchfork, and starting to burn shit to the ground, or B, elect people into the craptastic, corrupt government system who solely pledge to reduce the overreach of the system from within the system once they're there, and if they're not, then you vote them out, and you keep voting in new people until they do. That's it. Those are the only two choices on the board. Everything else is just sound and fury signifying nothing. All right, I'm going to get my pitchfork. Let's go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you, brother. Trust me, man. When it goes to smashy, smashy time, I'm going to be the first brother out there with a camera. Uh <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh at the camera comment. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so Super Tuesday. Why, you know... Honestly, I think you probably rationalize in your own head. Even though you support Bernie, I supported Ron Paul. This this time around, I don't. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do yet. Um, I think we can both admit that it's kind of a falsiful or falsiful. Is that even a word? It, it's it's a made up uh, imaginary thing to make us all feel good about what's going on in the long run. Can we agree on that? Um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the president, you know, you're talking about somebody who really doesn't write legislation. You're talking about somebody who, who doesn't really have control. Well, I'm, ta of I'm talking about the election, the whole the whole process we're in now. I want to just for the next, you know, 28 minutes or so, I want to I want to focus on that. And and in a whole, this whole election process that we go through is just a farce. Um. You know, it, it, it depends on, on how you look at it. And again, if, if if the election didn't matter and if the votes didn't count, old rich white dudes wouldn't be spending $4 billion to get you to vote one way or another. And, you, you know, the rule of thumb is always if you want to find out what something is and and where its power is derived from, you follow the money trail. And if voting was useless and the election, and the entire election cycle was a sham, Rich white people would not be spending $4 billion to influence, you know, maybe 40 million people to pull a lever. Well, most of those rich white people are getting that money from other places. They're, they're not spending their own money. I mean, you know, really. And then when you do see uh, the, the actual rich people coming out, they're doing it more for other reasons. 
they're not doing it to really get that guy in play. This is my my personal beliefs. And we also know that there's been a lot of evidence and proof of of election fraud, which which means uh, voting boxes being tampered with. This new electronic voting systems that we use. You know, I know it's not new now, but it's still tamper tamperable tamperable. I'm making words up tonight, left and right. It's, it's that point of time in the show where I'm going to start making up words. But you get my point, right? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't disagree that there's there are inherent problems on a granular level, you know, with the process. You know, we saw the the first two uh, two of the first three uh, states were caucuses, not not primaries, and and you're literally talking about eighty chuckleheads sitting in a in a high school gymnasium flipping <laughs> a coin and going, okay, could, well, this is where our delegate goes. Like, could you believe that happened? The coin flip thing, like what? Really? <laughs> That that that's our future is based on a flip of a coin. That it, it, welcome to American democracy, where forty people in a high school gymnasium flipping a coin like has some kind of political meaning. So so no, I I don't disagree with your assertion that there are problems up down left and right. But I don't think the the problems that you see in the electoral in, in the electoral thing are are you know, larger or worse than the problems that we're seeing as a country on a national level, you know, dealing with legislation and taxation and military and all the other issues. So if you look at it from that aspect, our voting process isn't any more or less fucked up than the rest of the country. It's kind of <laughs> on par. Yeah, well, you know, every empire fails eventually. We, we are the longest reigning empire in history, I believe. You know, it, it's almost time for this this whole environment to just just not work anymore oh listen i am not going to shed a tear once the once the torches and pitchforks come out i told you man i'm, I'm down with it um you'll be I there would, with a camera <laughs> yeah well of course because you got to televise the revolution man and you know cnn and nbc ain't gonna do it that's why i'm around well you know cops but, think cameras are guns now so you you're, you'll be right there with them i you know I, <laughs> when, when i first started doing the live streaming thing it was really chill and, and I'm not going to lie, especially, you know, in, in New York or Baltimore or Ferguson or Cincinnati, you know, when I go to these places when, when crap is really going off. And I, I have, like, actual tangible fear now. And, and part, of the, part of the allure of, you know, watching James from the Internet live stream is that, you know, I have absolutely no fear. Like, I just, I have zero fucks to give. Like, none. Like, there's an empty room in the back of my house that used to contain fucks. And it's just empty. Like, I have none left. And now all of a sudden I'm going out and I'm looking at cops and, and I'm not seeing, you know, Barney Fife who lives three blocks down the road and, you know, his son went to school with my nephew. You know, now I look at the cops and they're all 6'6", 280 and they're all juiced out of their mind and, and they're looking at me as, as an insurgent and not a citizen because they just came over from a sandbox and this was the first job they got. Yeah, it, it's so, a scary thing. No, no, it, it's real scary, which is why, you know, election season turned around. And, and I was like, gee, you know, I could I could go run around with a camera and, you know, still possibly get arrested or shot every single day. Or I can deal with, like, the inane chicanery of the election process for nine months and guarantee that I'll still be alive by November. And I opted for choice B. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if you saw the video that uh, PNAC put out today of the, the uh, Secret Service agent smashing that time photographer. Yeah, I, I caught that last night. And it's... Uh, you know, the, the Secret Service, man, and, and let's not forget that they are actually funded and employed by the Department of Treasury, because, you know, that makes so much sense. <laughs> um, you know, and, and they're out choke-slamming photographers. You know, uh, many people many times in history have explained that 
that without a, a free and, and open journalistic process, that's like the quickest way to get to fascism is not having that process in place, is not having an informed electorate, is, is keeping people from seeing what's going on. So, so at the end of the day, you know, what I do, what a lot of people like me do, uh, whether you agree with it or, or disagree with it as far as, you know, ideology and angle and spin and everything we put out, you know, without that tiny little firewall in place, you know, fascism is a hop, skip, and a jump away, man, and it's got orange skin and a bad toupee, and it's about to become the Republican nominee. That that was actually, I just wrote down, I don't know if you saw me writing, because you, you have video <laughs> of me, I was just writing down, what was your thoughts on when I was talking earlier, because I, I think you were listening in earlier, I was talking about how the former president of Mexico uh, also talked about how he compared to Hitler or uh, uh, Trump to Hitler. And I've been doing that for months. I've, I've constantly said this is the rhetoric that Hitler was spewing prior to. I, I, I think there's very little difference. I, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, is Trump just doing it to get shits and giggles because he doesn't have any television shows on the air right now? Or or is he really like a serious fascist lunatic? And, and it's tough to see because it's not like he has, you know, 30 years of politics that you can go back and look at his decisions because, you know, words are words. Right. Uh, what really dictates, you know, how somebody might be in office is, is you look at the history of their actions. And, and Donald Trump's actions are kind of all over the place, but I, I've never seen anything from him that was fascism until about six months ago when he opened up the paper and he was like, holy shit, I can actually win? You know, like, he's like, he's like, oh, Muslims are evil. He goes up three points. You know, Mexicans are rapists. He goes up by three points. Like, pretty soon he's going to be burning people at the stake, like, just to pick up more more votes. You know what's weird? And, and this is one of the things about Trump that, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that kind of confuses me. In 1988, he was on Oprah Winfrey. And I'm going to play the audio for you. And let, let's just listen to it because you, it surprised me when I heard it because it was identical. You took out a full-page ad in uh, major U.S. newspapers uh, last year criticizing U.S. foreign policy. What would you do differently, Donald? I'd make our allies, forgetting about the enemies, the enemies you can't talk to so easily, I'd make our allies pay their fair share. We're a debtor nation. Something's going to happen over the next number of years with this country because you can't keep going on losing $200 billion, and yet we, we let Japan come in and dump everything right into our markets and everything. It's not free trade. If you ever go to Japan right now and try to sell something, forget about it, Oprah. Just forget about it. It's almost impossible. They don't have laws against it. They just make it impossible. They come over here. They sell their cars, their VCRs. They knock the hell out of our companies. And, hey, I have tremendous respect for the Japanese people. I mean, you can respect somebody that's beating the hell out of you, but they are beating the hell out of this country. Kuwait, they live like kings. The poorest person in Kuwait, they live like kings. And yet they're not paying. We make it possible for them to sell their oil. Why aren't they paying us 25% of what they're making? It's a joke. This, this sounds like political presidential talk to me. And I know people have talked to you about whether or not you want to run. Would you, would you ever? Probably not. But I, I do get tired of seeing the country ripped Why off. Why would you not? I just don't think I really have the inclination to do it. I love what I'm doing. I really like it. Also, I, it doesn't pay as well. No, it doesn't. <laughs> But, you know, I just probably wouldn't do it, Oprah. I probably wouldn't, but I do get tired of seeing what's happening with this country. And if it got so bad, I would never want to rule it out totally because I really am tired of seeing what's happening with this country, how we're, how we're really making other people live like kings, and we're not. What do, what do you think of this year's presidential race, the way it's shaping up? Well, it's going to be very interesting. I, I, think, uh, I think that probably George Bush has an advantage. 
in terms of the election. I think that probably people would say that he's got like that little edge in terms of the incumbency, et cetera, et cetera. But I think Jesse Jackson's done himself very proud. I think Michael Dukakis has done one hell of a job. And George Bush has done a hell of a job. You know, he, they all went in there sort of as semi-underdogs, including George Bush, and they've all come out. Uh, I think people that are around all three of those candidates can be very proud of the Almost jobs ever. they've done. You've said, though, that if you did run for president, you believe you'd win. Well, I don't know. I think I'd win. I tell you what, I wouldn't go in to lose. I've never gone in to lose in my <laughs> life. And, and if I did decide to do it, I think I'd be inclined. I, w I would say that I would have a hell of a chance of winning because I think people, I don't know how your audience feels, but I think people are tired of seeing the United States ripped off. And I can't promise you everything, but I can tell you one thing. This country would make one hell of a lot of money from those people that for 25 years have taken advantage. It wouldn't be the way it's been. Believe me. So what do you what do you think of those comments? Um, I think it's ironic that the guy whose uh, entire clothing and apparel manufacturing brand is manufactured in Mexico <laughs> is the one running on a ticket about how foreign economics and trade import is ruining the country when the only profitable business he has right now are the ones that manufacture products in Mexico and Colombia. We won't pay for that fucking wall. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I well, love that comment. Yo, Vincente Fox was straight up. Like, number one, they ain't going to pay for the wall. And number two, who the hell are you going to hire to build a wall in 110-degree heat in Texas? A bunch of Mexicans. Yeah, right. Oh, so, trust me, if the Mexicans are going to build a wall on the Mexican border, it's going to be to keep fucking Americans out. It's not going to – it's not the other way around, man. Like, seriously. Like, they're sitting down there going, that might not be a bad idea. <laughs> You know, they they might want to build it themselves, and they might pay for it just to get us the fuck out of there. You know how Trump said he would make Mexico pay for the wall? Right. I think that's his plan, is that if he becomes president, Mexico will voluntarily build the wall to keep him out. <laughs> that's that's a good possibility. Genius. Yeah, it's, it's genius, it, man. It is genius. It solves <laughs> this apparent immigration problem we have. Anyway, I'm looking at the uh, delegate counts here. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. What I know you've been tracking it all night. What are you seeing? Where, where do you think it's going to fall? Because I want to get to that that prediction you made last week on that on one of my posts. You you had made a comment about what's oh, going to happen when Trump about Cruz and Rubio. Yeah, yeah, that one. Well, okay, so so I'll explain to everybody real well. You got two different things going on over on the Democrat side. Um, if you, if you look at the numbers all the way out. Uh, there's no reason for Sanders to even, let's say, like Sanders loses like 10 of the 13 today, because most of the Democratic primaries are based on percentage and not winner take all. There is no impetus for Sanders to like wave a white flag like Sanders is going all the way to the convention in Philly. There's no reason for him not to. Uh, most of the later states trend more towards him. And at any minute, Hillary Clinton's going to get hit upside the head with this whole FBI email scandal. Right. And so so what you're going to see is, especially after today, is you're going to see the polls are going to continue trending more for Sanders. And it's going to be a question of if Hillary can stave him off while she has corporate media just constantly parroting, you know, Hillary won, Hillary won, blah, like... <laughs> don't pay any attention to the hype because Sanders is in it for the long haul. There's no impetus for him to leave. See, as I don't, I don't think that I don't think the email thing is going to become an issue until after she has the nomination. Honestly, that's how she'll end up losing. That, in my personal opinion, that's how she loses the election is by that finally coming to fruition. I, I don't disagree. I've been telling people for a long time. You know, when when you get to the general, it comes down to basically six swing states, and the Republican or the Democrat 
has to win four of those six, those six swing states. And Hillary Clinton, with, with 30 years of baggage, the email thing, the NAFTA thing, the, all the shit she has coming behind her with a billion dollars of outside PAC money being spent to slaughter her in those six swing states, there's no way she carries four of the six. And Trump's path to the presidency goes through Hillary Clinton getting the Democratic nod. Okay. So uh, I, I'm not going to call it and just say, oh, well, you know, Bernie can't win because the guy just raised $43 million in one month. And all of it was from people donating 10 and 20 bucks. And that is insane. Yeah. Like in the history of electoral politics, nothing has even come close to that. Like it is ludicrous on a ludicrous level. Him being our so, president is insane also, but go ahead. Yeah, but, but it's, it's, technically voting for anybody to be your president, your lord and master is insane. So once you accept that that's insanity, you know, picking any one candidate is no less or more insane than any other one. I mean. And what's the definition of insanity? Yeah, doing the same fucking thing. Run over what, and over one, again. 46 one. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't so, learned yet. So fuck it. Let's keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, until somebody comes up with a better system and more importantly, a way to implement it. This is what we're doing. So so Sanders is definitely in it for the long haul. He's in it to win it. You know, uh, Bill Clinton lost 11 of the first 12 primaries and he went on to be president. So getting away from that whole doom and gloom thing, you know, Trump's going to point out really well in Alaska, Massachusetts, uh, Minnesota, Maine, Florida. Oklahoma, which is, you know, south of the Bible Belt. Uh, he's going to pick up a substantial number of delegates from Texas, even though he won't win it. So... On the Democrat side, it's still totally up for grabs. Now, on the right, it's very interesting because Trump, let's be honest, Trump isn't a Republican. He's not a conservative. Um, you know, he was on the record 20 years ago as saying, like, if I ever ran for president, I would run as a Republican because those po people are so stupid I could get them to vote for me. Right. And he's actually doing it. Right. So <laughs> Very so well. Trump had no impetus to run for president. You know, Fox News needed a talking head that could start bashing Hillary before the process ever started. And they didn't want to use somebody who was a candidate because that person would lose political electability when it got to the general because the majority of people are in the middle. They're independent to lean one way or the other. And they didn't expect Trump to actually gain the attention of the dumbasses of this country. No, no, no. Trump is like, it, they made the Frankenstein monster, and then it got off the table, it beat the shit out of the doctor, it wandered into the village, and now it's eating townsfolk. And, like, there's nothing they could do about it. So so what you have is, is you know, the GOP was happy to have Trump around to beat up on people. But, you know, when you're talking about the RNC and Reince Priebus and, and the people who really control the money and the power in the Republican National Committee, they don't want Trump. I mean, Trump's Trump's a... Fucking Democrat, like he really is. Like it, it's ironic that Trump's a Democrat and Hillary's a Republican. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah. So, so what's happening is 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 they're looking at projections and and how Trump's racking up, and he might he might actually clear the table today. He might actually win twelve or thirteen states. So what they're looking at is is essentially they're brokering a deal, and what they want to do is is after Ted Cruz just shit the bed in South Carolina. I mean, if you're an evangelical Republican and you come in third in South Carolina, like, you're toast, man. You ain't got a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. So what they're going to do is, is they're essentially going to get everybody else to drop out, and they're going to put all their money and all their resources behind Rubio, because Rubio is considered the more palatable and the more centrist Republican. And they do the, they're going to do this in the hopes that if there's only two candidates... Rubio can then start beating Trump because Trump's polling like 30, 35 percent in most states. 
And it's just that the, the Republican field is so great that 35% is enough to win the state. Right. If right. there's only one candidate, and, and that candidate is Rubio, and Rubio gets, you know, Kasich to endorse him in Ohio, and, you know, he gets Cruz to endorse him in Texas. You know, all Rubio has to do between now and the convention in Cleveland is pick up about 40% of the delegates, and the RNC will have enough reason to lock Trump out of the convention and give it to Rubio because the RNC has absolutely no desire to have Trump be their candidate in the general election. So do you think that leads to Trump continuing to run and still winning? Um, it's again, you know, a lot of this has to do with momentum. He has the and money. I, he has the money. Yeah, but he's only spent, the guy spent in five states now, well now, and you want to talk, it's like 18 states now, if you consider all of today, and he's only spent about 18, 19 million dollars. You know, Jeb Bush spent 160 million in three states. Trump has spent 19 million in 19 states. So by comparison, Trump really isn't spent a whole hell of a lot of money. Yeah, but he's used his personality and his attitude and the way he does things to get the media's attention, to get the promotion. He doesn't even need to spend it, honestly. Exactly. And, and you know, I think Ted Cruz said it in one of the in one of the debates. Donald Trump is a great entertainer. And everybody wants to think that he's just, you know, some idiotic chucklehead. And he's not. He's He's very calculating. He knows what he's doing. He's spending the bare minimum amount of money and getting the maximum amount of coverage. He's a businessman. He's he's playing smart. And, and, you know, I'm never one to turn around and say, oh, these people are stupid. Because you can't just backpedal into political office. It doesn't happen. You might be dumber in a bag of rocks, but you're not stupid. You have to be calculating. You, You have to have foresight. You have to be able to, you know, generate a long game. And now that Trump's in it, Trump's in it to win it. And the RNC can't win behind Kasich because he's considered too soft. They can't put up Cruz because he's just, you know, if you ask him, he'll tell you that Jesus signed the Declaration of Independence. He's an idiot, yeah. That's not a person who's qualified to be president. So really, if you look at at who's left on the table on the Republican side, you know, Ben Carson is, you know, he's fucking Dr. Xanax over there. That's it. Like, it's Rubio or bust because the RNC has nobody else that they can try to rally the party behind to keep Trump out. Wow. All right, James, we got to wrap it up, brother. i got another show coming behind me. I'm actually already running late. Scott, I hope you are sitting tight if you're there tonight. Uh, <laughs> rerun where we can find you. we got at TV. What were the other sections and areas to go find James from the Internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at James FT Internet, which is short for James from the Internet, or pretty much if you just go into Google and you type James from the Internet, all one word, uh, it pops up all over the place. Uh, the new the new uh, project is ACT TV, A-C-T dot TV. Um, you know, you want to get news in, in very small, editable, easily consumptible uh, chunks. It's the place to go. Um, I hit everybody equally. I'm definitely not chilling out on the left or the right. <laughs> uh, you know, man, I, I love talking to you. It's good to be back. Definitely uh, uh, tell Ledge I said hi. And... Uh, when it happens, a couple more weeks, once they're all out and it's just Rubio and Trump, just remember we had this conversation. Yeah, and we'll do it again, man. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I'll definitely definitely want to do it again with you, and we'll talk to you soon, James. I appreciate your time again tonight. Guys, make sure you go find him. You've got some great information. I like following him on Facebook and Twitter because he just he puts it out the way he thinks about it. Uh, we will talk to you in the very, very near future, my friends. Be safe, be a human being, and just love everyone. Peace out, guys.
Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense A weapon in a war against ourselves The setting sun is loading guns Don't be afraid of mistakes Emotions misplaced To love or to hate I don't know what to do We're all lost and confused Just trying to get through in this world Always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes But it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace When I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake When I'm risking it all with no time to waste Fuck this bad race I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destination's face With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided through the beautiful, the silent with the light show from a passing UFO, lost in the glow of the unknown. Please don't go. And I. Home. But right from day one, I've been in this alone With odds stacked against, I've been drowning in stress They said, can you take more? I said, give me what's left An old man once told me, Allie, don't have a love back Keep your eyes on that prize and give them hell to your death This is a test, just a frequency check For intelligent life, now's time to connect it's an SOS, the death's been sent So now we just wait and hope for the best With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided through the beautiful asylum With the light show from a passing UFO Of the unknown
love you guys so much. Thanks. First 52 is the bump diggity. Oh, oh, oh.